1: Welcome to Primal Screen, a show and a podcast all about screen culture from movies on the big screen to whatever you're streaming. I'm your host Flick Ford and look in the fresh aftermath of yesterday's community cup with the triumphant destruction of those scoundrel rock dogs in the uh, by the Mighty m- Megahertz at the iconic Vic Park. I thought, um, I thought we should bathe in, uh, in the glorious bloodshed of the weekend uh, with a horror double. Yes. <laughs> and to help me with this bloodthirsty task, I'm joined by two queens of horror cinema. <laughs> Please welcome Emma Westwood. Hey Emma, <laughs> thanks, thanks Flick. Are you going to call
0: Sally her Satanic Majesty? That's oh, all. we definitely. Need <laughs> it. <laughs> it's, it's my preferred title. Yes. <laughs> know, it's really nice. gave that to me, and that's what I like to
2: work with.
1: The Satanic Majesty herself, Sally Christie. I feel like I should have some dry eyes. You know, I, know, I know this is an audio
2: platform, and no one can see me, but you know, you just
0: like you know hit the. <laughs> It just goes up like this. I can see it. I can see it. I can, I can feel, feel it. Yeah. <laughs> I
1: can feel it, baby. It's so lovely to have you both on, especially Sal. You haven't been on for quite some time. Oh, it has. It's been a hot minute since I've been here. It's <laughs> been a really
2: long time. But now I'm here, it feels like, you know, I've never left.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, nice. it's lovely being back in the studio. Sal and I spent so much time on Zoom during lockdown. Yep.
2: So um, yeah, in it IRL.
1: Yep. <laughs> um. So for tonight's show, Paul would love tonight's show. I think yeah, he would. horror double. Um. And I've got uh, two women who know a hell of a lot about horror cinema with me tonight. Uh, Sal and Emma. Uh, we're going to kick off tonight with a film that has just come out on Disney+, Plus. which a few weeks ago we did a streaming special and I had uh, Alexa and Andy come on to talk about some alternative streaming platforms. But we did cover the Sex Pistols, uh, Danny Boyle's Sex Pistols film, uh, TV series, sorry, Pistol. And I made the comment that it's so odd having that on Disney+. And I think this also... Fits into a bit of a curious choice, maybe, There's for Disney so Plus. There's
2: of like the uh, Pam and Tommy series yes, with the yeah. section with Tommy Lee's talk. What the sex penis. tape? <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, pretty much. Oh, There's really? a series about it. Yeah. yeah, on Disney Plus. Pam and Tommy oh. has a whole um, sequence with Tommy Lee's penis that has a conversation with him in it, and that's on Disney Plus too.
1: So they're, they're shaking <laughs> things up. They are. They really are. <laughs> Emma, for, for listeners, Emma is staring us gobsmacked.
0: Yeah, yeah no, 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 I don't, I don't have a lot to say. I think this is the hangover from Disney buying Fox, Twentieth Century Fox. Yes, their yeah. their content. So they now you notice have to deal this? We're talking
2: penises.
1: They
0: have to deal, deal with talking <laughs> penises and fresh, fresh as well. Which is, um, I think they brand it now as searchlight pictures. Yes. So the Fox is gone. It's just searchlight pictures, which is was Fox's independent arm. So like, Ready or bit. Not, I think, was
2: on Searchlight as well.
1: Yes. Mm, yes. Yeah. Exactly. So, we, yes, we are about to talk about Fresh. Which Sorry. Is just, no, joking. no, we jumped the jumped the gun on the title there. But, uh, yes, this, it is Mimi Caves Fresh, and I've got a short clip for you to play now. Grapes? No, cotton candy grapes. They taste just like them. I'm not kidding.
2: Really?
0: Yeah. I told my sister and my niece, and they were like, no way, fuck you, so now I'm getting them on my way there.
2: Your niece said, fuck you?
0: Yeah. Four-year-olds are crazy. (laughs) All right. I can tell you don't believe me,
1: son. You're gonna have to try one. I don't want you leaving here thinking I'm a weirdo.
0: Mm. Wow. Science. Yeah, <laughs> go with science.
2: <laughs> Do you live around here?
1: Because I, I live on aisle six. I just come to the fruit section to talk to random, very good-looking people that stand near it. That was terrible. It
2: was kind of terrible. I'm
1: so sorry. It's fine.
2: <laughs>
1: Have a good night. <laughs> okay, you too. You know what? fuck it, I, I'm already ruining this, so I'm just going to keep going. Do you think I can have your number? That was a wonderful uh, and rather sweary clip from Fresh. Sorry about the retrospective language warning.
0: <laughs> don't, don't worry. Four, if Cerise, four swears. If Cerise was here, she'd just be dropping the bomb all the time anyway. That's But, true. but I, I found it rather triggering, I have to say, because I could just hear the scanning of the supermarket. <laughs> felt like I was in Aldi, you know, and it's a
1: That's lot of, I, I a lot my lot of place to
0: be. Yeah, a lot of pressure because <laughs> it moves fast at the registers. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> um, so Sal, this is, um, this is a film I feel like was, was on your radar before I'm guessing. It actually,
2: Emma texted me a few oh, weeks ago. Emma like, have well... you watched Fresh? And yeah. I hadn't watched it till last night. Um, I'll give... Listeners yeah, a little bit of insight into you. Yeah. Um, you know what it's about before we get into it. So as we could hear from there, we've got Noah, who is um, you know our lead in fresh. She's really frustrated with dating apps. She's know, aren't maybe, we all? Yeah. The movie opens with her on a really lame, tedious date. And <laughs> that was triggering. You talk yeah. about Audi <laughs> yeah. triggering.
1: Tedious dates. Gosh. Yep. The, it was very the, realistic.
2: It was. It was. <laughs> and she meets um, Steve in the grocery store and they're having some cotton candy grapes, which I don't have either of you had those. No. Nah, isn't it fake? No. It's real? It's, it's real. Wow. It's real okay. I want you to can
0: have get them, them now. You can get them. They call those some weird, weird things ah. that oh. are probably carcinogenic.
1: Yeah, they were cancer. But
0: I anyway. love
1: that we're not even like 20, we're barely 15 minutes into the show and we've already mentioned a lot of major supermarket chains. <laughs>
2: Do the not sponsor. <laughs> no, nice. but yeah.
1: they can if they do. No. So, so no. Steve yourself.
2: meet up and look. We know this is a horror movie, so we know things aren't going to go particularly. To oh, what out. really? No, no. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Um, so directed by Mimi Cave and it's written by Lauren Kahn. So we've got a you know female writer director team here, um, and it stars Daisy Edgar
1: Jones and Sebastian Stan. Um, People, I was thinking, Sebastian Stan. What has he been? He's been a lot, hasn't he? Because he's got a familiar face. He's He's a a Marvel Marvel guy. Marvel guy. Yes, he's He's an
0: A-lister in this. Little film,
2: which is uh, <laughs> uh, the the debut film of the the filmmaker. So, and I, uh, is it that yeah. um, I think Lauren Kahn as well had only written shorts prior to this? Possibly, not sure about that. That is I a think. strong
1: debut, if it is a and double debut.
2: Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it is a, a, mm. a double feature debut for the writer director of
1: Fresh. Yeah. 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 Mm. That's a wonderful synopsis because it's very tricky to talk about this film without giving away okay, any spoilers. So we're going to be very, we're going to tread very, very carefully. We're going to thin, uh, cut a very thin line um, <laughs> between mm. what we share and our analysis. I, I um, do not want to ruin this for anyone because I took great delight in this film. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm very grateful for you to bring for bringing this to my attention. I,
2: I did too. I. I went into this – I knew a little bit about Mm. it, which I won't won't give too much away, but there's – I I really loved this film. I really loved it. I watched it with my partner and my mum last night, and the three of us all really, really loved this film. There's so many – this film works as a horror film where it meets our expectations as a viewer, where we look at these, you know, genre expectations – But at the same time that it does that, it completely subverts them too.
1: Well, even with – can we just touch upon – so the track I played, I forgot to give it a shout-out, but that was, of course, Yeah, Yeah, Yeah's with Heads Will Roll, uh, one of my favourite songs. Uh, The song choice in this Mm -hmm. um, film is really quite – Original, I thought, um, and I suppose it fits in with the fact that it's a dating horror. Yeah. Uh, so kind of ha- captures a bit of that millennial. Well, I know we're. <laughs> I think I just make the millennial mark, but the the soundtrack itself is very fresh for it for this film. Yeah, it <laughs> no I no fun in time. I think <laughs>
0: it's um, got this. Uh, how, it's kind of plays on. I felt. Uh, what's that? Killing Eve, that series, uh, it it felt a lot like there was kind of – Frenchy pop and Hispanic mm. pop in there. It's kind of a thing that Killing Eve would do. So I felt that it had a sense of riffing on that kind of Phoebe Waller-Bridge
1: mm. type stuff. It's it's an interesting one to place, isn't it, aesthetically? I was thinking even with that, it's very bougie. You get to see there's a lot of very beautiful shots for a horror film.
0: But I think that's, that's mm. a secret to great horror. Yep. Yeah. But seriously, mm-hmm. you've got to give people... Something that's beautiful.
2: Mm-hmm. Everyone Just thinks to destroy so it. <laughs> as
0: gr- well, th- this film has been described as, now reading some stuff about it, described as gruesome, where, where mm. as if you really think about it, it doesn't show that it doesn't. much no, it gore or anything.
1: It
2: Went to this looking, you know. There was a little rating that came up, and it was an R rating on Disney Plus and It was like, high. oh, is
1: it R rated?
2: It's rated R, ah, okay. That's high impact. Um, horror you've cards. got to have the right filter on hmm. Disney Plus, yep. <laughs> so it has an Australian R rating, and um.
1: Yeah, I, I don't
2: know. Maybe I'm really desensitized to these things. No,
1: but... I think I think it's a conscious decision. Actually, yeah. from I, I heard an interview with um, Mimi Cave, the director, and she was talking a bit about because it's women's bodies that are at the focus of this. I think that's the most uh, oblique way for me mm-hmm. to phrase this. And she was very careful to she didn't want it to be gratuitous because it mm-hmm. is, you know, there's some it's some sexy scenes involved. So she wanted to make sure that when she was presenting these bodies on screen in different stages, (laughs) Um, how that was going to be consumed by the Mm -hmm. audience. And I thought that was really – and I I heard that after I'd seen it and I thought back on those scenes that she's referring to. And it's so true because what she was able to do – and it's actually through the sound design, which of course, as you both know, horror is all about sound design – it's communicated. So she was she was torn between working out can I how do I communicate this this um, fear that's at the centre of this, which I think was very relatable. And the fact of having it as the date dating scene as a locus of real horror, I think is wonderful. Yeah. Um, you know, as a straight woman going on those apps, I think it is really scary. You're going to meet a stranger yeah, <laughs> in yeah. a dark bar. Um, yeah. there, there was, is a question of personal safety involved, so she was yeah she was very mindful of those, yeah, of think, what she showed of bodies i think what
2: 's really interesting about this about fresh the film we we 're talking about is it 's this really you know kind of poppy uh, horror film, yeah yeah but the subtext of this film um it comes across in a way that never, ever seems forced. Mm. It's really overt, you know, there's nothing that's trying to be hidden or that's trying to be particularly, you know, like, what do they call it? Um, oh God, I can't think. <laughs> you know, the uh, elevated horror, oh,
1: um, ele- your, that favorite term, that hate- your favorite term. Sal was doing some interesting charades there. <laughs> 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 I'm glad yes. it was Maybe like I she was one. going
0: up in a lift. Yeah. And I was the thinking thing. like
1: exorcism there.
2: Yes. <laughs> and, but it never seems forced. Um, the way that the subtext is coming through it, it, in comparison, I think to the next movie we're going to talk about tonight, it seems yeah, it's, it's really interesting on how this subtext comes through on mm. this film, and these kind of the you know the plot it it just it comes through naturally and really really beautifully in this film.
1: That's such, yeah. and I think that's what is really quite masterful about Mimi Cave's Fresh is that every decision, both, you know, we're talking before about the camera, you know, what they're deciding to shoot. And, um, even the way in which information is released to us Mm. as a spectator feels so, uh, perfect in e- each step when you watch it as a whole. I cannot fault it on any, mm. <laughs> on any level. It's kind of up there with possibly one of my, in the top five for this year. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, absolutely. It is for yeah. me as yeah. well.
2: Like last night I was just like, oh my, that was just incredible. Yeah. And I went into this film, you know, thinking, oh, okay, it's going to be kind of fun, but mm. not loving it to the
0: It has know, this, yeah. it's
2: kind of a film of not necessarily uh, two halves,
0: a th- one third and two thirds, because <laughs> you have to slice the... it up like that. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I think I okay. can. I think I can. Because it has this um, amazing, uh, well, non horror, or if you you've gone through dating apps, possibly <laughs> horror <laughs> sequence that goes about thirty minutes into mm. it. Um, I think it's
2: even longer. I think it's about forty minutes. It's
0: it's a long time, mm. and then all of a sudden you get the fresh title comes up. I so like that was like you know this pumping. I know. I, same of, thing. Oh I was like, oh my god, this so is incredible. The good. title cards coming up.
1: I've 40 got. Into I've the got film. actually the wonderful track from that coming up for us to oh, listen great, to later great. on because <laughs> that that that's when
0: the film turns mm. all of a sudden and then you it reveals its true self. Yes. But what was really clever is and I know the same as you, Sally, when I watched it, or and yeah, you, Flick, that. I didn't know too much about it. I don't think we are giving away no, too much. We're probably... I'll
1: check the text line if people are, are passionate Yeah, thinking, <laughs> what
0: are they talking about? That, just watch
2: um, it, it's good.
0: Yeah, yeah, that you come in fresh and you feel that um, it, 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 it unravels slowly mm. and it replaced, It could have been really a really super uncomfortable film. And I don't think it pushed to that point. No. It, it had the nice balance of humour.
1: Yes, the humour is essential. And actually, you know, we have to give a shout out to um, Sebastian uh, Stan. His so charismatic on yes. screen. And yes. I loved the pairing of uh, Daisy Edgar. Um, she was amazing. Daisy Edgar, Edgar Jones, is that it? Edgar Wright. Edgar. It, no, 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 Daisy Edgar, Edgar Jones. Jones. I, I, that's, <laughs> a different that's another director. Yeah, that's another one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, Daisy Edgar
2: Wright is not made. Re- rewind but, and delete We'll delete that I, afterwards. <laughs> I completely agree with you, Flick. I think that if, um, you know, you look at something that kind of similar-ish is, you know, hostile,
1: Yep, yeah. Um
2: And that for me just doesn't work.
1: Mm, oh, no, I don't love it. Don't totally agree.
2: Because it, it, that humour that this film has is not there. Yeah, and this so is it is a punishing makes, watch. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. This is what makes this film. And it's not coming off as that just brutal torture mm. that, you know, yeah. Eli Roth's Hostel is. And, yeah. Um, yeah, the, the, the humour really... You, and nice you capture
1: film. it there with torture porn. Mm-hmm. Um, not to. When, this isn't a spoiler at all because I don't. This film does. Uh, Fresh does not go into that territory. No, no, I don't no. think. And actually, it's a really clever sidestep of that because, like you said, Emma, I just love that they've decided to use the dating apps and the dating scene for this site because there is so much implicit horror in the way that some of the men on these dates that she go on. Act like, and one of the main things that comes out is one uh, uh, you know coercive control, which is now being you know criminalised um, in different ways. You know, as far as being able to um, persecute someone over this, but it's only recently been formalised as uh, you know something that women can say, "Look, this happened to me." It's such a real, it's anchored to such a, a real threat in a yeah. society, and so there's 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 the depth and earnestness there of the subject matter. And then they decide to punctuate this film with wonderful music, like real Richard, like Richard A dance sequence to Richard Marx. Yeah, yeah that was it's great. wonderful. Yeah. And, and you've got that, you've got the humour between these characters and they play off each other so yeah. well. There's so many great lines. And I think it's really important to mention we've got, you said before, Sal, that we've got this female double writing uh, directing team. We also on screen see a very, very believable friendship that um, uh, Noah, the main character, has with her friend Molly, um, played by Jojo T. Gibbs, I love it when you see female friendship presented on screen and it's so natural and it's so believable. And it's not – they're not competitive. They're not um... – Well, she's her
0: family she's, her family. she's her family. she's her family. So that was very pronounced in it. Yeah. In watching
1: it a second
0: – I've watched it twice. Mm. So I came – cold. <laughs> I'll say another <laughs> You got word. warmed up. I came to it cold um, and I watched it again on Friday night with um, – my uncle who hadn't seen it before. Mm. And I said, I'm not gonna say anything about this. Yeah. Let's just watch it. And the same he had the same response as all of us. Um he and I, w- But in watching it again, for me, the sensation was all the little tells that come yeah. beforehand. Mm. And there's a really interesting thing. This is a tell that isn't going to give away the story. But in that first date, the first bad date that she has where he comments about her clothes and that she doesn't, you know, women aren't feminine anymore yeah. and they don't wear a dress. And then later on she's <laughs> put in the position where, he mm. gives her a dress to yes. wear, yeah. and it's this really lovely mirroring mm. of the the, dress mm. is
2: Really, really ugly. Too, <laughs> I was expecting
1: pink. It's pink. I was, pink. I was so, expecting like, something sexy in that scene. I was right, like, really? That's really dress?
0: frumpy. And she's yeah. wearing it like a little Converse sneakers yeah. <laughs> yeah. with it, or whatever she is wearing with it.
1: I think it is Converse. Yeah. But if <laughs> any, if
0: anything, my only gripe with this, I think they pushed it a little too far at the end. Just a little too far. There was quite a moment where I felt that it ended really nicely and they brought some characters back in Mm -hmm. that I don't. Think was
1: necessary. I think that for me was probably their driving a political point at that point. Mm-hmm. If, Do you think if, so? if it's, if it's yeah. the scene yeah, a scene, I'm thinking, yes, piece of dialogue. Yes. I, <laughs> I didn't hate it. Maybe because I was so on board with it already. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah you can get away with that.
0: <laughs> well, that's the thing. You get right to the end, and if you, you if you're loving something, you're yeah. kind of, there's a level of forgiveness Absolutely. once you get to a certain point. Yeah. But there was there was a really nice scene that I felt. Uh, a nice moment with a certain character who's a side character who's brought into it, who you think that is he's going to be the, the you know, the hero. Mm. It was sort of reflective of Get, Get Out. Out. That, yes. 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 The entire time I was <laughs>
2: watching it, there was, uh, there's two characters that really parallel Get Out. And yes, uh, to begin with, it was kind of, this is what I was saying before, how we have these genre expectations with this film, but then it gets completely yeah. subverted yeah. because I think, was going oh this is just going the way of Get Out like mm. it's just going to be the same thing. It's but then, then he was the like, thing. "Fuck that shit!" And then there it you go, I gave another one. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
1: After the fact, <laughs> I also um, I really I feel like this is a film I'm going to be unpacking for a while. I feel this whole week I've been unpacking fresh, but I um, yeah, there's a lot in this film, and it's so impressive as a debut something I, I really love and we've already touched upon it a little bit about how pretty this film is and how gorgeous it is to look at I, I think it's what a lovely parallel with you know women's bodies are at the center of this but also food and the consumption mm-hmm. of food and that that kind of shared you know often on dates you are having food together and that sense of commune community and uh, and and because they there's a lot of the characters are, disconnected in some way to family or at least mm. present a sort of false sense so much that they're bringing the, the family model into into disrepute. I think that it's so interesting having these moments of almost tenderness. Mm. And, and like you say, Emma, that it allows for a bit of reprieve from some of the more horrific elements of of this film so it doesn't become too much but it, yep. it's so well paced yep. and so well edited I, I can't stop have gushing you seen, about have it. Have
0: you seen Servant the M. Night Shyamalan series? No I series. haven't. It's kind of patchy but mm. there's elements I really liked about it which was a the apartment um, interior design which it's very centered on that and this film has a really beautiful mm-hmm. architectural element mm. in terms of The house. I did actually,
1: just on that, I did hear that that was deliberately constructed in thinking of what. Steve, who's played by Sebastian Stan, mm-hmm. what his character would have wanted in that house, and it comes down to that question of sometimes quite controlling particular behaviour. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And yeah.
1: I think we can all, when we're picturing, picturing the house, that fits in so well. And then that the, the food—the
0: well. food later mm. on, compared to yes. the food that she has on her dates—is <laughs> <laughs> yes. very, you know, it's fine dining, yeah. right? So mm. that's and that's echoed in this M Night Shyamalan to really good effect, like. I've, I've got a very dubious relationship with him. But this series, I love how they use food. Mm-hmm. And it was a similar thing in this film. Like in some ways that the serving of the food played into the, it was the main horror element. Yeah. Right? yeah. And there's
2: that, that real intimacy with, you know, yeah. sitting down and sharing a meal with somebody that really – comes through in this film uh, in lots of, yeah. you know, sort of different sequences. And I was
1: just thinking about it now, the gender reversal. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, at one point Steve does make note of, like, you, have, you haven't had someone cook a meal for you yeah, in a really long cook. time. Yeah, yeah. I think there's, there's beautiful little moments of tenderness mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and also <laughs> a lot of other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and we've, I think we've done well. We've danced we around we all the major spoilers. Hopefully we have encouraged all listeners to check out Fresh. It is playing uh, streaming on Disney plus. Uh, which was a surprise for me, and possibly why it wasn't on my radar. Just, uh, yeah, I kind of got burned a little bit by a Pistol the other week, and I thought, no, I'm not going on Disney Plus again. <laughs> but you know what? Um, I've enjoyed this. This I highly recommend. It. I think we're all giving yeah, it a yeah. five, five stars. Yeah, <laughs> So fresh on Disney Plus now. This is a podcast from Triple R, an independent media organisation in Melbourne, Australia. To find out more about Triple R or to explore many more shows, podcasts, articles, videos and interviews, head to the Triple R website at rrr.org.au. You're listening to Primal Screen on Triple R with Sally Christie, Emma Westwood, and Flick Ford. So on tonight's show, we've been having we've got a bit of a, a horror double for you. We open tonight with Mimi Caves' darkly comic dating app horror Fresh, which is currently streaming on Disney And the song I played uh, just then was Blood Orange, "You're Not Good Enough," uh, which does of course feature in Fresh alongside many many amazing tracks. I encourage you um, maybe don't listen to the soundtrack before you watch the film, um, but it will probably stick with you long afterwards, so I highly recommend going through all those songs once more. Uh, But look, it's now time for our second feature of the night. This is a film that has garnered a lot of attention um, and some slightly mixed reviews. I am, of course, referring to Alex Garland's Men and I have a short clip for you to play now.
0: You're tormented.
2: It feels more like... haunted. Yeah. Something happened. My husband went upstairs to our balcony and let himself go.
0: You must wonder why you drove him to it.
2: Why I didn't drive him to it. I
1: think it'd be true. But if you'd given him the chance to apologize... He'd still be alive. What? I'm oh, I'm not even sure where to stop that one. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like it goes really longer. Um, Emma, this is one. So I, I confess, I have not had a chance to see Alex Garland's Men yet. I am. I'm actually. I, I was kind of. Pretty keen to see this because I firstly absolutely love, uh, I've forgotten her main character's name Jessie Buckley. Jessie Buckley. So listeners were familiar probably most recently with her uh, performance in lost daughter, which we reviewed on the show. Um, the first thing I think I saw her in that I really grabbed me was beast, which yeah, we reviewed with me. many moons ago. Yeah. I think we we must've been on the I same think show. We were, for that. Emma, yeah. yeah. And I think we were both taken so much by her performance. By her. She yes. was just
0: captivating straight she away. Really it was like, is. who is she? Yeah.
1: And she's I stuck with me. Her. I don't think she's ever done a bad performance. I didn't love, um, the Kaufman film. Yeah. I don't know uh, no. wasn't a huge yeah. fan I'm she of that. She was good in it. She was yeah. good in
2: it. That. That, that was so, by no fault of her.
1: So basically I'll, I will watch anything with Jesse Buckley in it. Um, but also I, Wild Rose. She was
0: excellent oh, in it. Oh, yes, Not of the greatest film, but she was excellent Yeah.
1: In it. And mm-hmm. I think um, most people are pretty familiar with Alex Garland, who actually started out as a writer and then kind of went into film. Um, Ex Machina, probably his best known work, would we say. Um, oh, I think... And I think I think the beach, though, I think oh, everyone yeah.
0: read yep. the, the beach. True, yeah. of course,
1: yeah. Read, yeah, and that then would be Danny it's... Boyle
0: made it into a film, <laughs> made into film.
1: Yep. yeah. But it kind of gave a sense of his work as a writer, and yep. then, yeah, of course. Um, it, I feel like it's interesting that Ex Machina seemed like such a departure. Well, maybe not a departure. I'm, it, I was really surprised by how polished that was um, compared from... to Annihilation.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I agree with you. I think think Annihilation was a hot mess. Really?
1: Um, Yeah. I really loved it. Did you? Nah. Yeah, nah. I'm actually somewhere somewhere in between the two of you, both literally right now in the studio in between you, but also, yeah, it's a bit of a mix. I remember reviewing
2: it on Triple R and you must have been on, I don't know.
1: (laughs) Didn't I trash it? Maybe. I think I did. Oh, we've we've each forgotten. We, can't, <laughs> no, we, we don't know what like, show no, we're no, on. Yeah. Well, 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 Alex Garland. time ago. Yeah, I think most listeners are probably familiar with Alex Garland's work. Um,
0: Ex Machina, anyway. All yeah. I can say is Oscar Isaac dancing. <laughs> Just watch the film for that.
1: Oh, yeah. That's if all. you haven't seen Ex Machina, check that out. <laughs> I'm. Would I mean... I feel like I've got a few questions for you both about men, which you have seen. Sorry, the film Men. (laughs) Um,
0: Not just in general. No, not just in
1: general. We'll do that off air. We can do um... that afterwards
0: when we go to the pub, (laughs) all right? Precisely.
1: But But, um, I don't, again, I feel like this is a film I don't want to give anything away, so I suppose we're just going to tread carefully once more. I love that you selected this as a companion piece to Mimi Caves Fresh. Um, Emma, you recently, I think it was just the other week, you actually presented a, a Q&A with Coco from Cinema Nova yes. for this yes. film. Yeah. Um, tell us, a, just set up the premise of this film firstly.
0: Right. Okay. So the basic premise is um, Jessie Buckley plays um uh, woman. Harper. Harper, yeah, Harper. Which is a notable point because it's mm. a non-gendered name, ah. uh, Harper. And yeah. also remember her friend in it is called Riley, which is another non-gendered name. And uh, she's been through a, a fairly traumatic experience with her husband and she needs to go, well, this is the idea that she's going out to the English countryside to a beautiful manor. She says that she's overextended herself um, and,
2: Mm. She's you know, staying... I just,
1: just realised both the films we're reviewing tonight involve a trip out to the country. Yeah, they, do. <laughs> they do. They do. They're very
2: much both along <laughs> often... the folk horror kind of going out to a secluded. Yeah. Mm, this is yeah. much more solidly folk it's horror. It's definitely mm. a folk horror film. But,
1: yeah. um, Sorry, but... just on that folk horror, I remember Cerise mentioning folk horror as a genre uh, many long, to- long time ago and I thought there was a real trend towards folk horror in recent times, what, is it? how do we define it? You're the, you're the experts.
2: Yeah, I think, well, especially at the moment, um, folk horror is definitely having a minute. Mm. Um, on Shudder there's a whole oh, yeah. kind of collection <laughs> around folk horror.
1: Did it start so, with like The Witch or where did it start, do you think? Would that oh, be folk horror? Oh, The Midsummer? Witch is definitely folk horror. Yeah. yeah.
2: Midsummer's folk horror. I mean, I guess it looks at particular like, countries, people moving away from things mm. and alienation A a lot, I guess, to do with women as well. If we're looking at kind of traditional sort of myths, which we see in um, men, which I'm sure Emma and I will get to (laughs) (laughs) pre-Christian, pre-Christian pagan, you know, yeah, yeah, pagan pagan connections, right? territory horror, Um, (laughs) yeah, you know, kind of going back to the old days, yes, Um, right, which you know has has been around is is not new. Particularly in horror. There's cinema. a very, there's it's a very st- documentary at the moment. Um, oh, you're going to give Kayla's, Kayla's documentary. documentary a little <laughs> plug? Which, yeah, what's the title. Okay. Yeah. I, it's got a really long title. Yeah, I gonna, always get the title wrong. I'm gonna, so, I'm just, and I'm who's, who's the director? Kayla Janice, who's okay. wonderful, and she's an incredible. Um, she's Film made it. It's, you know.
0: It goes for three hours. <laughs> this documentary, okay. and it rollicks along. It's quite astounding. It's one of the, those. It allows you enough to absorb um, enough information to remember the films. It's mm. very good. It's not so snapshotty. And this will give us a little to, intro to folk horror. Yeah, if anyone gets a chance to have a look at it, but you will also just do a list of films from it. Yes. Um,
2: it. The whole title of Kayla doco docker is Woodlands Dark and Days Bewitched, A History of Folk Horror.
1: And oh, I think that was on some it was top ten last year. Oh, yeah, 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 of course. <laughs> it, it was on mine as well. It, it screened Cox's at Myth as well. yeah.
2: um, last year and is also available now on Shudder with that little folk horror collection okay, that comes wonderful. from that. All right. yes. And
1: I'm sorry, I realise I really made a huge sidestep into folk horror, but please.
2: No, 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 <laughs> it really, with,
1: it with, really um, informs men? this I film. I think it does too. It yeah. really informs yeah. this
0: film. I think people are kind of... so. But anyway, Jessie Buckley, her Papa character, she's gone to the countryside, she's, but it's a recuperation trip. It's her finding herself again after this terrible event, right? Which we are shown in grabs, like it plays out. We, we give in little moments of it, uh, through most of the narrative, really until the kind of final third of the film, which is when everything goes crazy. (laughs) Um, but, uh, yeah, so the folk horror thing is more with Alex Garland. I think that, I found that a lot of people have come away from this film perplexed. Like
1: after uh, there was something that came up in my Yeah, <laughs> my after the, the
0: Cinema Nova event, Coco <laughs> and I were talking later on about it and we were like no one everyone was quiet. We they were waiting for this people to sort of buy into the discussion and they didn't. So,
1: Oh, that's a shame. Do Maybe it takes a little while to process, though. I think though. so, yeah. You I think need so. to look online and see what other people are saying yeah. first, right? <laughs> I
0: think – and, and then there was a nice – there was a really good review on in, uh, Screen Hub afterwards, and I forget the woman's name. I apologise to her who wrote it, but she – It wasn't
1: Nadine, was it?
0: No, it wasn't no. Nadine. It okay. was someone else. And she um, talked about how um, – she they, they then she went with her friends into the bar at Nova and had a discussion about it afterwards and they came up she came up with some more mythology around this leader and the swan this Greek oh, mythology which okay. I, I didn't make that connection mm. with but this film I think people to, I've noticed a lot of um, a lot of critics talking about it as being confusing but when you really think about it, it's simply perfect. It actually all recalls each other. It's about um, all the symbolism has something to say. Uh, And if you think about it, look, I'm not saying I've got this great insight. I might be completely wrong. But for me, the way it worked for me was it, it was all about cycles. And it's not about cycles in terms of, like you've got this, they create an event. They create this, what she goes through across a series of few days in this house, kind of cloistered mm. in this this place, and how it, it as a microcosm plays out in the macrocosm of the world, not just now but across
2: so many generations. I- Millennium. I have my notes okay. here All right. I, I All want right. 100% agree okay. that my notes here basically say that we've got these archetypes that we see in this film of masculinity and we see these rebirth of these archetypes over and over and over again and that we're not kind of getting any break from this. So Learned behaviour. Yeah, we're not getting any change Cellular behaviour. Learned behaviour. Yeah, so that, yeah. you know, from the beginning of man that this is, you know, spewing forth over and over again and we can't change this and, you know, how do we go about Changing this behaviour.
1: Are you talking specifically about toxic masculinity? Yes, yeah. Definitely. Okay. All and, right. And you've, you've definitely piqued my interest. <laughs> oh, Flick, I would love to hear your thoughts. <laughs> yeah, we, we were very disappointed I know. that I you know. didn't get to I'm see so Flick, sorry. but
0: um, you will after this. I'm I will. sure. But another thing that we should mention is when she is in this um, village, this beautiful, idyllic, gorgeous village that she um, every male well most of the male characters actually every All male them, characters everyone. they yeah. are played by Rory Kinnear who is <laughs> perfectly cast in this because she plays it I mean that is a that that is a, a little affectation or a little a little thing for us as the audience. It's not she doesn't recognise him as the same person right. and it plays out really well in that way because he does – he has that kind of face, Roy Kinnear, that you could – he could be anything. He's got a perfect actor. He's got a perfect character actor's face. Yeah. Mm. He can be anyone. He can be anything and he is a superb actor. He's – I have to point out, his father's Roy Kinnear. Do you know Roy Kinnear, anyone? Um, you do? So. do. I'm I? telling you, you How do. How do I know him? He played the – for most people – he was a British character actor. He played in numerous films. Oh, his I do. His main role was as <laughs> Mr. Salt in uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate yes. Factory. He was Baruka Salt's father. I just watched that last week. Yeah. There you go. Rory <laughs> father. And when yeah. you look, you can see the similarities yeah, between them. But um, he's... The way – I think there's a – you know, there's this idea of, you know, hashtag not all men, all this sort of thing (laughs) going on. But he uses stereotypes, um, I think Alex Garland does in this way, in a really evocative sense because it's not saying that – all men are like that. It's saying that this is just—it's just signposting learnt behaviour. Mm. And you have seen these people, mm. all these people, all these men in this—all these That's men we, in this we film. You've seen them. We know them all. You've known yeah. them. I've actually found that the most people—the people, cri- people who've been most
1: critical about this film—have been men. That's mm. interesting. Yeah, because there has been some yeah. criticism, and one of the things uh, that I've heard, obviously without having seen the film, is that. It doesn't focus on women, it focuses on men to talk about toxic masculinity. And other films have faced that same um, argument or criticism. The one that springs to mind, um, I don't think this is in any way a link uh, resonant with this film, but I do immediately think when people say that, I do think of some of Scorsese's work, which explores masculinity and toxic masculinity. But through mainly using male characters, and I also think of um, but David that, Fincher's Fight Club. Is that, a with is that, well, that really well, a problem? No, I think my point is that with those, I don't, those, think, I don't think, think it is. And yeah. like Fight Club's another one where they're like, "Oh, but it has—it's only got men in it, and there's only this one woman, and she's—you know." But it's like you're missing the point if you think you can't talk about it and only focus on men. I haven't seen it, so it's really hard to. to <laughs> yeah, I, I don't really want to like but make an assumption. This. <laughs> I'm enjoying this. I think it's—it's right, it's bringing up some stuff. I yes, think it's, it's, it sounds. It curious. also
0: has this kind of sense of her, like I said, being cloistered. There's this amazing sequence where, and it, you could say it starts slow. But mm. I found it so evocative and beautiful. Another thing, it was really beautiful. When she goes into the countryside mm. and she's walking and she goes into that tunnel and you would have heard in the sound grabs that you play um, Flick where she kind of, she does this vocalising yeah. in the, yeah, we in heard the a bit tunnel. Yeah, the very start. Yeah. yeah. And she's kind of finds her joy. You see her find, and literally if you think about it, she's finding her voice, yeah. right, mm. again, and that is when everything turns
2: on her. I think that's mm. like a really, interesting trait of Garland's work where he um, shows us, especially, you know, in this In Annihilation, these absolutely beautiful surrounds that we see that lead us into complete horror. Mm. So we've got these beautiful, you know, this, this natural beauty around us and that turns into, you know, something super, super destructive. It's, Which, there's, there's something about this,
0: that Alex Garland films, they're very digital, right? He has a very digital look. And I think that there's some people that had a problem in kind of marrying the idea of folk horror and this not so organic look to the film. Can,
1: can, you, can you explore that a bit more? What do you mean by digital
0: uh, he's very clean. Like mm-hmm. if you go back, cause folk horror has really, really long legs, right? If a big folk horror film that probably most people will, will know is something like the Wicker Man from yeah, the seventies. Yeah, absolutely. So if you think of the sixties and seventies stuff, they they feel earthy. Yeah. Yeah. He I, doesn't so,
2: he doesn't so feel earthy. I think, I think it's, this feels yeah. really earthy Do though. You? Like I've got, I've, in my notes, I have a little doc. Doll- Dot point that just says earthy. Is it all in caps? Um, no, it's not in caps, <laughs> but it's going to be now.
0: Bold, because, because I have people say to me as their um, criticism of the film that it was um, the digital effects. For I, example, I, when he was a child, when Rory Kinnear was playing a child – and his face
1: on the, the the child, but
0: I was I was That's taken. Okay. I was taken. Yeah. I there's that was also a, is that
1: just general kind of you know yeah. some people a bit funny about digital also cinema. A
0: massive. You won't know this flick, but there is a massive digital section se- se- section at the end of the film, which is quite remarkable. I was. I thought he did it really well okay. yeah, I, in that I, I regard. I do
2: think that he achieved that kind of earthiness with this film, especially with the colours that he used throughout it. We've got these mm. reds and greens and it's earthy mm. tones and it's very, very earthy tones throughout. So we kind of get that, you know, I guess that Garden of Eden kind of vibe. Yeah, it. that's pl- it's very
0: overt mm-hmm. symbolism at the start where she eats the apple from the tree and even mm. – her mm. um, her landlord or the innkeeper, whatever you want to call him, character, um, says, oh, forbidden fruit, you shouldn't have had that, you know. Mm. But she, there's a whole lot of symbolism like this idea of the green man, which is apparently a thing with Alec- Alex Garland. He's wanted to use it a lot. Um, and it's that, you've probably seen it in effigies. It's like these, you know, in concrete um, kind of detailing on uh, of a man with the vines coming yeah, out of yeah, his face. Yeah, green and man, and it's a really
2: really common symbol that we have, like of rebirth and um, yeah, you know, cycles, rejuvenation, cycles. Mm-hmm. Our, a... our yearly cycles, you know, exactly. of each season, um, and it features very very heavily. In this and they film. also mm. have
0: the Sheila <laughs> Sheila I'm, I'm not sure whether I'm saying that properly, but it's this simple. P J Harvey song. Yes, yeah. it's a PJ Harvey yeah. song. And it's um, uh, she's uh, the woman depicted with a massive vulva. Oh, uh,
1: yep. I right? actually so do know. I think that's a very iconic symbol. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah symbolism. So that yeah.
0: plays as well. So it's kind of like this, you know, man-woman thing. The symbolism oh. through the film's really very strong. and um, But yet he manages not to um, hyper-feminise Jessie Buckley is in a hyper feminine. She's, she's
1: character. very androgynous. I think that's mm. one of the things I love seeing her on screen. And you know, we've touched upon some of her work before um, already, but she's able to capture that real liminality. So mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I honestly, I know that we we focus so much on directors as the auteurs, but really, sometimes casts can buy and so cast, much. She's cast amazing spot on. in
0: on. This she's mm. incredible. Yeah, mm. yeah, it's a spot on cast. She also you you know you notice when you watch the film she when she arrives at the at the retreat, uh, she's in certain clothing and then all of a sudden the next day she's wearing something that makes sense but it's kind of Victorian in <laughs> styling and all of a sudden it's a dress with boots and she just, it's it's almost like she takes, you know, she's kind of time travelling mm. in some way. Mm. Um, really interesting. It's a very, very affecting
2: and effective film. Yeah, it's um. I, I saw it on Friday and I saw it with, I saw it at cinema with an audience and that was a really, really interesting experience. Yeah, what I was that by, like? I went by myself, so it was, yeah. I was on my own. And it was, yeah, so a Friday night, like 7.15 session, and there were a couple of people on like dates and things like that. And it was really wild. Is <laughs> it? Was it like, can
1: I just ask, hetero dates? Yes. Mm, interesting choice. Yes. <laughs>
0: Yeah,
2: that would be my test. I would take someone on a (laughs) date for
1: that and see if they could handle it.
2: Yeah, and listening to people's conversations after this film was really interesting when the credits rolled. It was so divisive, yeah. It was one of those things where, you know, you watch it with an audience and you're like, I'm really glad I saw this with an audience. Yeah,
1: okay. Well, I'll definitely see it while it's at the cinema because um, I think that 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 discussion, that tension between people loving it or hating it is also playing out in the reviews. Alex Garland's Men is currently playing at Select Cinemas. You're, you've you been listening to Primal Screen on R with Emma Westwood, Sally Christie and myself, Flick Ford. On tonight's show, uh, we had a horror double. We opened tonight's show with Mimi Caves, Dating App Horror, Fresh, which is currently streaming on Disney. And we finished up the hour with Alex Garland's Rural Horror Men, which is now playing at select cinemas. A big, big thank you to my special guest reviewers for tonight, Emma and Sal. It's been such a pleasure having you both on. Thanks for
0: listening to Primal Screen, a weekly radio show airing Monday evenings on Triple R.